In this episode of the Business E-Commerce, I talk with Sam Ovet about using automation to grow your e-commerce business. This is the Business E-Commerce, episode 161. Welcome to the Business E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski, and I'm here today with Sam Ovet. Sam is the co-founder of Mobile Pocket Office, where they help businesses grow and streamline using automation. I asked Sam on the show today to talk about using automation to grow your e-commerce business. He goes through a five-part framework that really segments where you should be auto using automation, some of the best places, and he kind of has a nice, um, nice way of thinking about it in this interview. As you know, I love talking about automation, so I get, you know, don't, it's not often I get to geek out with someone on the same topic. So I had fun talking to Sam here, and I think um, I think this will be good to listen to. And it gets you thinking about where are some places in your business you can start adding some automation to really improve the customer experience, not just standard chatbots and that sort of thing that take away from experience, to really enhance the experience is what Sam's in here for. So let's get into the show and listen to what he uh, has to say. Hey, Sam, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited to be here. I'm hoping we can share some stuff that people can dig into and use. Yeah, I'm excited to geek out about some automation. This is kind of my thing too. So I saw that and I was like, oh, let's, let's chat about this. So yeah, what do you guys, so mobile pocket office, just real quick, um, you guys help folks automate. Is it more on the marketing side typically or? Yeah, so we help people automate their marketing and sales customer journey. That's our core focus. And then that's where it starts. So we, the, the big picture view of how I work with people is we look at a business that has a lot of manual steps usually. People are overwhelmed and they're deciding whether or not to hire more people or to invest in some technology. And then that's usually where the limitations are is, well, what do we do? How do we set this up? How do we think about this? So we do a, an engagement with people where we actually like think about and consult on what is the journey that you want somebody to have. And then from there, it's process and then understanding from the process, what of that can be automated and taken off your plate to create a better customer journey, to follow up with people longer, all those kind of things. And we can get into the details, but that's the big picture. Yeah. And then we actually help people, we, you know, we do it, we implement it for them. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that whole customer journey, right? Like from when somebody first engages with the brand to, you know, after the purchase, post-purchase all the way down to follow up, there's a lot there. And if you're not, if you're not automating it, it's very easy to go off the rails, right? Like it's very easy. Yeah. To, you can have a great experience one day. Someone else is like, there's all these things and like that. Inconsistent, I think is the, yeah, that's the word, the right? word where and having that consistency, then you start being able to dial it in and say, okay, like when should we exactly. follow up? Okay. Is it, should it be three days? Should it be five? Like, and you get to, if you just run enough of those tests, you get to really start. I, I like automation. So is that? No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and we break it up into buckets because it's like, well, how do I think about this? So that's, I think the hardest thing for people is how do you think about automation relative to your business? How do you guys you know, there's kinda, clear, yeah, think about that with the different buckets? It, there's clear things that come to mind, like, oh, if I could automate this, that would save me a bunch of time. But then there's other aspects of it that people just completely don't even think about. And so we break it up into, into five buckets that work for any industry or business. 
And so you have attract, right? You have to attract new business. That's whatever you're doing to get the word out, to get people aware that you exist. That's generally the hardest part to automate and not always fully automatable. Then there's convert, right? So you've got to, from attract, you've got to convert that interest into what I just say is leads and sales, right? And, and ultimately you have to convert it into sales. Otherwise you don't have a business. And so that part has a huge opportunity for automation and dialing in, like you said, and there are things that you can do with automation that you would really struggle to do, if not impossible to do, if you did it all manually, right? Especially if you have any kind of volume, if it's small, maybe you can do it, but with any kind of volume, you just physically wouldn't be able to keep up with the journey that you're trying to create for people. And I think this is automation that we've all experienced, but we don't necessarily know how to build it and how to think about it. Then you have fulfill, right? And that's kind of where you start to come in. Some, a tool like yours with Spark Shipping is like, you have to fulfill whatever you promised in that marketing and that attract and convert stage, right? They bought something. Now you got to fulfill it. There's a lot of opportunity for automation there. And those are usually the obvious manual processes that are the backend automation that just bog you down. But they're not the ones that make you money. They're the ones you have to do to just not, you know, fail on your promise of whatever somebody bought. And then from there, you've got uh, delight, right? So most people just stop at fulfill. Maybe they send like one email or they send the order notification and then they kind of forget about people. There's a huge opportunity once someone's bought from you and trust you to delight them, which can take a lot of different forms, but ultimately it's the opportunity to sell them more stuff that gives them more value out of whatever it is. That's where you make money at it, right? In that stage. And the other thing is like, it's a great opportunity to connect with the customer for the next stage, which is refer. So like you've sold something, they're happy, they got it. Whether you delighted them or not, they're happy with whatever they bought if your product is good, if it's not, then that'll take care of itself in a matter of a couple months. And like, you'll be out of business, you know, but if it's good, it's going to stick around. People are excited about it and they want to refer people, especially in the e-commerce, right? Like that's a very natural space for referral. Some industries don't have as much natural opportunity for referral, but e-commerce, somebody bought something, they're excited about it. Like there's a great opportunity for them to let their friends know. And so, automating and making sure you have process around your referral process so that you're asking for that new business is essentially free marketing that you can do to grow your brand. People have heard of net promoter scores. They've heard of all this stuff. And the bottom line is that if you're not, don't have a systematic way to get new business from people who purchase from you, you're missing out on a lot of opportunity. So you have attract, convert, fulfill, delight, and refer. Those are the five stages. And so you can look at those and you can start to think, where am I feeling like I could improve? You know, and that's the first step. And and also what is sucking up my time that if I got rid of it and I did automate it, then I could think about the other pieces of it. Yeah, I think that the issue a lot of people run into is the first three, right? Um, or even, even just number three, even just fulfill, but definitely the first three, yeah. 
you kind of fulfilled is like generally the most challenging, right? It's like the most logistically challenging to figure out. Yeah. I think it, it, there's just a lot of data and stuff and there's a lot of work, right? The other one, yeah. especially the delight and refer, that's kind of the big money maker. But a lot of people yeah. are so bogged down with the first, at least number three. Some people just get bogged down with three and like, well, yeah. And if you get attract and convert dialed in, like even 50% awesome, yeah. you know, like that could be a, an enormous amount of business that now your fulfill stage is like super cumbersome. And you, you're like, I don't have time to think about delight and refer unless you solve that problem. Unless you solve that. And those last delight and refer, that's where you make all your money, right? That's where the business <laughs> actually starts building and kind of you reach that, reach that growth phase versus Absolutely. yeah, you can just plateau. Cause you can just, you, you know, like you said, hit a, you know, hit a, um, hit a double right on the attract and convert, start getting, start right. getting some leads. And then all of a sudden you bog down fulfillment and you're now you're just in a hamster wheel and there's no kind of getting out of it. Yep. And so the first step is, and that's what we do with people. So people are usually in some kind of hamster wheel. I think that's like a great, great way to describe it. And it doesn't, it, it, e-commerce is, um, you know, there's the audience here, but it's really anybody who's going through those stages. And if you're bogged down in your fulfillment process, whether it's physical or a service, cause that can be equally time consuming, uh, but we'll focus on e-commerce because that's the, your audience is that you got to get yourself out of that hamster wheel of fulfillment. So you free up your time because your other alternative is just to hire people to, to do this. And so if that is profitable, great, but oftentimes it becomes less and less profitable very rapidly to hire people to handle the fulfill stages and any of the stages for that matter. So if you can use a piece of technology to automate that, then that's a fantastic thing. And now you're freed up to think about, okay, two, you know, now you've got the other two sides of the, the five, right? So you've got the attract and convert because you can probably always make those better and bring your ad costs down if you're doing advertising or put out more organic content that is working for you to attract people um, and then work on that convert stage so that of the leads that are coming in, you're converting a higher volume of them. But then that like magic thing, like you talked about, which is after the fulfill is how do you increase the lifetime value of a customer? Right. And that's the light. And then that's refer. That's how you like blow it up, right? You spent that money, you got that customer, or you spent that time, you got that customer with organic information. Now you, you want to do the work that's going to get them to buy more and more of your stuff that's relevant to them yep. and refer more and more of the people they know that would also be interested in whatever it is that you have. And like, that's the money maker. That's the magic. That's how you blow these things up. And that's why people love subscription based products because they sort of take care of themselves in that way. If people stick around on them. But I think the big thing here is that not everybody's and then probably the majority of e-commerce is not subscription based, right? Yep. Those are the, those are the stories we all hear about. And we love and like, I enjoy when we get to work on those projects, but there is an opportunity if you're not subscription based to like do that very simple thing in someone's mind, but harder to do with technology and let them know about the other things you offer or things that you have a partnership with that you offer that you make money on that you already have made the customer for somebody else. You know, let's say you, I mean, we can just use a super simple example of like something like a household good, right? 
So let's say you sell mugs on the internet, right? Well, you got to put stuff in the mugs and that's a subscription recurring product that goes in that mug. And maybe it's a, like a, a really nice tea, you know, or a coffee. And if you partner with a brand that you like, I'm sure they have an affiliate program. Most good ones do. And you can recommend that to your customers through a story of you using it in an email automated as part of that journey, knowing that they bought a mug and not a bowl from you. Right. And so if you've got a mug, now you can be delighting them, helping them to get more value out of your mug. They're more likely to refer people because they're using their mug and people are seeing that on their zoom. Oh, that's a beautiful, you know, mug that I got that you have. Where did you get that? Oh, I got it from this person. And then so on and so forth. And now you're selling also greater lifetime value by doing a partnership or you could have your own thing, right. That you're using. Does that feel yeah. relevant? To yeah. So you're, discussion? Thinking, so you're thinking something, so kind of some follow-up sequence of based on yeah. what you purchased. Now let's, let's start providing you some ways of using that thing, right? So it's the mug. Here's some exactly. things you can do with that mug. It's a camera. Here's a photography course. Like basically here's how to actually get use out of the product that you just purchased from us. Um, that's all it boils down to. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's getting use out of it. And also the other thing is if you make something that has a lifespan, right. And you know that the lifespan of the product and, and it's just like a, it's a use cycle, right. And it ends. I mean, this is a good example. If you're in the car automotive e-commerce business, parts wear out, you know, that that person who bought that part likely in an X amount of time on an average use is going to need a new part. Why don't you be the one? Why don't you set up automation that reminds them at that interval? And it could be three years out, which you're not going to remember in your brain. You're not, you know, good luck keeping track of it on a spreadsheet for all the people who bought this part. Like it's impossible. It's crazy to think of. You're just thinking about your next new customer in marketing that you have to do. So if you also have automation in place to handle that, then three years down the line, or it could be six months or whatever that use cycle is, you're making maybe 50% of those sales again through you versus that person going through the search process again with someone else. You yeah. Know? And I think this is kind of the concept's been around for years, right? When you think of um, yeah. your, your checkbook, right? You get to that, you know, you have 150 checks, you get to 100, number 135, and there's that thing in there saying like, you should go order more checks. Just fill this out. Basically, as an address, you just like fill out your information. They already have your checking checking information, and we'll just send you more checks. Um, or I've mentioned on the show before, I have a little planner, a you know, a, yeah. a journal, kind of journal out my um, business, the kind of business high level task of the week. And I think there was two weeks left in it. It's a weekly thing. Two weeks left, and there's a thing saying you should probably go buy another one of these because you're going to run out and it takes about two weeks to ship. So literally, you get to that one, and you're like, oh, okay, that's one of my. And it's actually a task planner. So you're like, oh, my task for the week is go buy another planner. So there's ways yeah. that that's like the old school offline way of just like, you know, it's a book, it's a checkbook, just jam piece of paper. And they're saying like, you should go do this again. But you're saying, you know, now, okay, you purchase this product. You start, you can monitor usage, that sort of thing. And just, Hey, you know, you're going to need to buy X kind of consumable. Why don't you come over here? Why just kind of remind a follow-up reminder sort of thing. Yeah. Follow up reminders, and that's one of the biggest opportunities, and and one of the like smartest opportunities to grow your business. You know, if you've got something that 
eventually needs to be replaced. Like that planner is a great example. Checkbook's a great example. There's, I mean, the examples are just endless, right? Um, then you can, you can put the physical thing in there too. And you can, you could even track in your system. If someone bought one that had that in there, do we see more recurring revenue off of the people who bought the one that had the note in there? Yep. And you can also follow up with them with an email and a text message. Hey, it's been 120 days since you bought your planner. It's only got 150. Would you like to order another one? Yeah. I think like, I like to get it down to that level of like, wow, why aren't, you know, why aren't I not doing that? Like, that's the, the feeling that I want people to have. It's like, why am I not doing that? It's so easy in concept. You have to get the technology in place. You've got to design it, but it's so easy in concept in terms of generating greater lifetime value of a customer that you've already done the hard work of acquiring. And that, I think when people hear automation in e-commerce, they think of it as like this bad thing, right? Like a, a chat bot that nobody wants to chat with a, you know, you email right. support and it has some like, you know, garbage that like no one wants to like have an automated reply. Like, yeah, bad automation. That's there a bad is, automation. It's a category of bad automation. Yeah, this is good automation where even though as a user, right? Like I know obviously the guy that wrote that plan, I didn't like call me on the phone, but I don't really want, to, I don't want that either. I just want some reminder sent to me, like you don't have to buy another one. The checkbook, like, cause you get, you get to the end of the checkbook and you say, why did I buy this again? I don't remember. Like, I don't know. I just want more. Exactly. Checks. I just want more checks. I don't like, I don't want to search. I really don't want to do anything. I just want checks to appear at my house and like, here's some money. That's right. Yeah. So that's good automation where when you're the recipient of it, you actually just want the automated thing. You just want to basically say like, yeah, cool. Need that check a box. And it does the thing that you want yep. at that moment. Yeah. yeah. And do the best you can to lower the friction to actually make that repurchase, you know, don't yeah. make people go through rigmarole, well, make it easy. That's a good example too of technology, right? Because this is something if yeah. you, if you had to count for every order that came through, if you had to kind of set a reminder and have someone in support say, Hey, we'll reach out to you in 152 days. That's going to go off the rails real quick. It's going to go off the rails, rails and think about like how many people that, that doesn't scale either. Yeah. Right. Hi, you're now making a mil, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand orders a year of an item. Can someone reasonably send that many emails, you know, on a random schedule along with all the other things they do? Yep. I like Probably that. not. You know, so that's the other thing is like you get people in the journey where they're ready to make that purchase again and you're not investing more human time that you have to pay for to do it. You're investing time and money into a system once, then it's set up. Of course, you should tweak it. You should monitor it. That's where like tracking the effectiveness of things comes in. Um, but, and there's a whole kind of conversation around automation relative to that because a lot of people do their tracking very manually, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and also generally inaccurate too. Like there's, you're just going to miss stuff. Um, so, but if you want to talk about how can automation make you more money, that's a way that automation can make you more money. Once someone's made a purchase, find, and, and here's a simple exercise you can do. You can put a list together. What are five things that someone is going to naturally buy after they've bought what I just, what they just bought from me. And then you be the one to tell them about it using automation. Well, and then I think, like you said, you don't even need to be the one selling it necessarily. You could just say, Hey, you bought the mug, go buy the tea over here. Here's a referral link. So it's not even exactly. And that's what I mean by like, yeah. you don't have to do the work of building a tea business. 
you can just find some tea that you really like and you can become a partner with and then recommend it to your customers. And so those five things don't actually have to be five things that you procure yourself and make because we live in a digital world where people have affiliate links and people are used to that. And, you know, it's kind of a dirty word, right? Like it can be kind of like a, oh, I don't want to be an affiliate, blah, blah, hawking stuff. But the reality is if you present it as a way like, hey, we partnered with them. We really like this stuff. We wanted to introduce it to you because we think it's great and it's it's of equal value and quality to our product, right? That happens to be a pretty boring mug. But <laughs> um, then you have, for those not watching, I was holding a mug up in front of the standard screen. white mug, yeah. Yeah, I've got like all these beautiful pottery mugs. And of course, I got this white one today. But the bottom line is that if you take that, you can you can massively increase the amount of revenue that you get per customer. And that does another thing. That gives you the ability to then go back to the top of your funnel and spend more to get that, that better customer. And that's the thing, because at some point, you're going to be competing against someone right next to you. Yep. And um, I forget who said this, but whoever can spend the most to acquire the customer wins, right? So yep. it's like spending more, being able to spend more is a superpower, right? That's And how do you get that superpower? You make more per each customer. So how do you make more per each customer? You find more things that are relevant to the purchase that they just made to offer them. And then you use automation to get that in front of them. And you can have a little campaign about this. You know, if we go down the route of the, the, the company that sells mugs wanting to sell tea, you can have this whole automation about uh, tea. You know, that's a campaign. That's like this really cool, maybe five-part story about the tea company. How you learned about them. Now you're connecting people. Now you're using the power of psychology and marketing to connect people and hopefully make more sales. You know, that's where you have to see, is it working? Is it effective? But the bottom line is more communication about relevant products don't worry if people unsubscribe, like that's always going to happen. But if you are getting interest and people are taking you up on those things, then continue down that path because now you have a greater lifetime value and people appreciate the communication. And then they're more likely to refer you because you're top of mind while they're using that. I like that. Would you say it's more of the so kind of plays into refer when you kind of say that? I think based on what we just talked about, that's, Delight. Delight. Okay. So what would be an example when of I, refer then when you start talking about that? So refer is a great example of refer is, you know, give 10, get 10, right? Dollars, let's say. You give $10 to a friend, you get 10 to spend with us. That's like straight up referral type of communication, especially in the e-commerce world, right? You're trying to get them to introduce someone else to your brand. And that's the bottom line. So that's your, that's your whole goal with it. Um, and if you can do that, then you're making another customer for yourself and you didn't have to spend more money on advertising or organic posting to do it. When, and that's, that's the key. When's the right time to kind of hit them with that offer? Cause I mean, you see, the, it a depends. Lot of people, okay. Cause you see a lot of people do it wrong, right? Where in that fulfillment email, yeah. like, Hey, you order shipped you know, give 10, get 10. And you're like, I haven't even got the order yet. Like, what do you, I don't even know if I like the product. Right. Like, why would I refer to, you know, someone on my Facebook um, feed if I haven't even like seen it yet? So like, how would you get that? And when do you get that? So I think with referral, there's the thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't, isn't limited to one time. 
right? And then it's going to be a little different for each product. But the goal is if we think to ourselves, when is that moment that I'm getting a wow experience, that I'm getting like the highest high of the product experience, that's when you want to ask somebody for the referral, when they're most excited. So you have to take that and you have to do some critical thinking for yourself because there's so many products in e-commerce. But if we take one, uh, for example, right, here would be a good example. I have this, this Sunto watch, right? They, and I don't know if they do it or not, but like I, I have to log in and create an account that I then like upload my, you know, runs and backcountry skiing and whatever too. And so if I were the company, if I saw that a user had successfully uploaded an activity, so first I would like have a campaign to get them to upload that first activity, use the watch. I want them to use it before I ask for referrals, right? That's the delight. I want to like make sure it's really clear. They have instructions. I want to remind them, hey, it looks like you haven't uploaded anything to the platform yet. You know, here's what you can see. Here's how you do it. If you have any questions, you know, we have, if we have a support team, then reach out type of thing. I'm going to try and do it without involving humans first. But then when I see them upload that first, you know, run to the platform, because it's tied to the watch and that, you know, probably is going to be the same email they use to purchase. I want to then ask them for a referral because they just got the use out of it. You with me? Yep. I like that. That would be the example. So you got to think like, when are you creating that wow experience? And then do you have the technology infrastructure and the data to actually power the automation? And you could even do this a lot more um, low tech in some ways, right? Of, Hey, when you use this product, you know, maybe it's not the watch, it's a hat, right? Like when you use this product to go skiing with, post a pic, um, put it on our Instagram on our whatever. And then at least, you know, oh, they must've been skiing because they have a picture of them skiing with a hat on. Now let's follow up with them that way. Exactly. So you can do low tech. Absolutely. Um, a good, I'm trying to think of, I'm just looking around, you know, like it's, you can just look around your desk and see products that you bought and like, oh, here's one. Like, um. Chapstick, right? This is a chapstick company I really like out of uh, Joshua Tree, California. And I would give it like as soon as somebody got this, I'd give them about, you know, two or three days to have an opportunity to use it. And I would do that probably four times at a minimum, you know? So wait two or three days, wait two or three days, and just remind people that, hey, we have this cool thing. If, you know, uh, give a chapstick, get one or something, or get 5% off, you know, something like that, that gives people some kind of incentive to buy it because you're using it. It's a consumable and you want that repeat purchase. And so I would just give people, you know, if I knew the amount of time it took for someone to likely use it, then that's what I, that's how I would use it in that case. Um, that's a good one to talk about knowing how much time, right? Because you know, that chapstick, you can get it two days after it's there, you're going to open it and start using it. But those backcountry skis, you might buy them. It could be months before you can actually get out there and use them. So it's a very different. So then it's going to be seasonal, right? Yeah. Oh, weather's changing. They bought it in the Northern hemisphere. So, and we know that because everybody gets shipping information in e-commerce. And now we're going to send a campaign, a referral campaign when the winter season begins throughout the winter season, you know, 
asking people to share pictures, but that's all going to be automated or set up in advance on a yearly basis. What are some tools you use to actually do that, to kind of get, yeah. get all that data? So one of the tools that we use, and for us, and I'm going to preface this because it's not about the tools, because if you can find a tool that'll do the job, great. Tools are always changing. So you got to make sure that the tool does the job for what you need. Um, don't, you know, it's not a game of, oh, I heard about this tool. It's like, that's good. Now see if it actually does what you want. Yeah, I'm sure you see that all the time. You, we see it all the time. I think people get way into like the tools and what they can do. And our biggest competitor here is Microsoft Excel, right? Like, and that's probably most yeah. software companies' <laughs> yeah. largest competitor of, you know, and that's like, that's like the de facto tool that does almost every B2B thing um, possible. So yeah. yeah, you can get way too into tools. I definitely know that. But that said though, yeah, I'll give said, some tool tools are pretty cool. So yeah, tools are pretty cool. So one of the tools that we partner heavily with is a tool called Entreport. And what's really nice about them is you can hook up. They are not an e-commerce platform in the traditional add to cart sense. They're more in this, this marketing space of, you know, landing page and you can have an order form. But if you're in raw e-commerce, like Entreport is not the tool you're using to actually manage the inventory and stuff, but it is the tool to manage your marketing campaigns because you can hook up your e-commerce store to it and then power all this data-driven marketing off of it and slice and dice your segments any way you want too. So that you go, oh, I've got this great idea for uh, a promotion or a sale or some kind of um, communication you want to do. You can say, show me all the people who bought this and have been a customer for this long and are in North America, you know, and so you can slice all up, get that and send a campaign out to them that you've designed and automated. And you can also have those automated aspects of the journey that sometimes the e-commerce platforms don't handle, you know, an e-commerce platform is usually good for some basic automation, right? It sends the receipt, right? And, and if you hook up some kind of shipping tracking solution, then people appreciate getting their tracking information. Um, that's another opportunity is when something's actually been delivered, use that date as then the driver of the weight from when they purchased it. Cause it's the actual date they got it. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of systems are getting better with, you know, drip, Clavio, so. they're all kind of hooked into the platforms. Now that's right. Clavio, yeah. That's another example. So I do encourage people to say, does, is there a native, you know, we use Entreport heavily as essential because a lot of customers we work with to have a mix of digital and this is another opportunity for e-commerce stores digital products and e-commerce products and they do they do a promotion of a digital e and a physical product bundle so i wouldn't rule that out either for those in the e-commerce world what can you take and make a digital product that requires you know effectively you don't you're not calculating your profit margins on a physical product because it's digital so once you build it, you can sell it. And can you sell that along with your physical product? And it's usually much faster, easier to create than bringing a physical product to market. Yeah. Well, that what kind of took me down another rabbit hole. But No, and I think digital products are one of those things that not a lot of e-commerce folks talk about it, but I know... And vice versa. Yeah, it's it, yeah. That's a, actually, that's a good point. It's Everyone's like two separate worlds, you know, that, that there's a lot of really smart stuff happening in the digital world, which we happen to spend a lot of time in and a lot of really smart stuff happening in e-commerce. And I'm hoping 
that those worlds collide more and more in the coming years because I think the opportunities for learning are incredible. What's a good example of a digital product that you can kind of, I, I see a yeah. few and I see they do surprisingly well in the e-commerce world, but what are some examples you've seen? So here's a good one. And this is someone, this is a, a consumable product and it happens to be kind of a similar vein. It's a customer of ours, so I can tell it very accurately. They have a e-commerce store called Amla Green. They sell like a herbal tea that um, is also has some medicinal properties for like lowering your blood glucose level. So it's really good if you're diabetic to help manage that, right? And they are also, they have, this actually, this came after they did their digital stuff, funnily enough. So they went to e-commerce after they're in the digital world, but they still have their digital world, which is the guys are PhDs. And they help, they have an entire DIY and full personalized coaching program. So you can get like just access to the material to lower your uh, diabetes if you're type two down to a level where you can basically get rid of it. Or if you're type one, how to manage it really well. Because the, both of the guys who started this thing are type one diabetic, they're partners in it. And so they've, they like experimented on themselves went through figuring it out, got PhDs in the chemistry of it all and the biochemistry. And, you know, now they help people with that and they've helped a lot of people successfully. So they created an e-commerce product that they used just in their own life and packaged it up. But so a good example of what they sell is they sell this e-commerce product that is consumable, which is great for recurring revenue. And then they have this digital product that's the guide on how to actually in their case, like a heart smart action plan is what they called it, you know, so to put some words to it. So it's, you get the T and the action plan of how to manage your diabetes with it. And so it gets people into their ecosystem. It also gives people a tool and they're able to sell both a physical product and a digital product. And so the margins are a lot higher on that sale and they use automation and I'll just give people the full picture. You know, run ads. That's not automated other than just, you know, there's somebody doing Facebook advertising, um, Google advertising, and on their team, they get people in, they run people through a webinar. That's what they're inviting them to with the advertisement. And then they follow up after the webinar. So they're selling at the end of the webinar. They're giving the people the opportunity for the offer after the education. And then they follow up for like five or six weeks five or six weeks. Most e-commerce does not do that. Five or six weeks, just information, great stories, success stories about the product and the plan that are real testimonial style that they give people. And that is how they drive revenue to that. So they just capitalize as much as they can on, and I would hope so because they're a customer of ours, but you know, they do the work to attract and then they just use automation to follow up after that live webinar. And they found that live webinars do better than recorded ones. So they just roll with that. Um, and they also have some recorded ones, but they'll do the live ones and they just follow up to people, quote unquote, buy or die, you know, leave their ecosystem. And that generates a ton of sales for them. And because they're selling a physical and a digital product, They've got a one-time digital product that's super high margins with the opportunity for other 
digital products that are payment plans or uh, subscriptions like work with a nutritionist. And then they have a super low ticket offer, if you will, compared to that, the actual product of this tea that's made with the, you know, this it's called like omelet green that they like and were, you know, found to be effective to keep blood glucose down if you're doing other things as well. So that's like a good example of that. And that's all recurring revenue for them. And they can also afford to spend to get that customer because no matter what they're going to, they're making some money and they bundle it up in different ways. Well, I think the long follow-up that helps too. It's people get used to hearing from you and it becomes yeah. now you're not just a stranger. You're actually, um, you know, you're actually someone they know and you're an email address. They recognize when they get that email, it's not like, Oh, what's this again? And like, uh, whatever it's, Oh yeah. They send me emails every three days. So whatever they've been sending me emails nonstop every six weeks. And it starts to become, yeah. you know, now Maybe they didn't open the first three, but by email number nine, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, they start reading it. And it's that's like, exactly. yeah. So unless people are hitting like that unscribe button right at the beginning, but if you can just get over that little bit, that little bit at the beginning, now all of a sudden you could actually have a conversation with them. And I think knowing that is, yep. um, yeah. And like you said, most e-commerce brands, they're sending the one or two follow-ups and then it's over. They're forgetting about you, you know, yeah. but you, but like they've done a lot of hard work whether it's through organic content or paid advertising to get you there. I mean, that is like, that is the hardest work a business can do to get right. Yeah. You know, getting that interest. And honestly, the easiest work is following up, but it's just forgotten because we're all onto that new next customer that we can get. But right. if you just put it in place, five or, I mean, five or six weeks for an e-commerce, don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid to try that. I think a lot of people you're focusing on, everyone's focusing on some sort of number, some sort of metric KPI, right? Yeah. What's my revenue per month? What's my, like that sort of thing. But I think sometimes just, it's a lot more valuable. Like you said, slowing down a little bit and let's focus on the, um, average, the lifetime value, value, right? Or the average yeah. lifetime value. The average, like, There's the a lot of different lifetime. ways to say the same thing, but yeah, like basically the total value how, of that single. How much order. money does someone spend with you exactly. over? Before they stop spending money with you. And that's a lot harder to track. It's not as like exciting and easy to move. But like you said, it's more of that tsunami that like once you start moving that number, now it's going to really, okay, multiply by thousands of order, thousands of users, thousands of customers. Now we're really looking at, oh, wow, this is, you know, a small bump there is really moving the bottom line. And kind of like you're saying, it's to run, you know, double your ad spend, you have to, you know, double your ad spend. But this is a lot of things you can, a lot of levers you can pull that isn't doubling spend, but can increase revenue, can increase the bottom line greatly. Exactly. And then the whole deal, right? If you bring it back to this idea of automation is that if you use automation to power the communication about this and delivering those offers to people and those stories and whatever it is you're using to communicate to get people to, to uh, you know, opt in or buy the next thing, really buy the next thing in this case, then you're not manually doing it, right? And you can scale it. And that's the key is like automation gives you the power to scale. That's like the bottom line. It gives you the power to scale without extra human resources. Yep, I like that. And yeah. as soon as you add more human resources, things are inconsistent again, even if they're the best, like people take time off, life happens, it's just the reality. And so whatever you can automate, do that. And then like hire spend your money on really smart, creative people who can attract more business for you. But everything past the track, see if there's a piece of technology that can do it for you. You know, 
and, and it can be configured and set up right because that's what you want to do. You don't, you don't want humans doing anything past. You could talk about maybe they could do some stuff and convert, but really anything past the track, you shouldn't, you, you know, as much as you can, don't hire people to do it. There are situations where it's required, but that's why people automate their manufacturing. That's why people automate, you know, the idea of automation first started in fulfillment, right? In the whole process, the, the building of things, you know, you, we're automating stuff. So that's most of what we think about in automation, doing a task. And if you think about your marketing and your conversion efforts as sequences of tasks of communication, then use automation to power that. Yeah. I like, I tell users a lot of times, you know, there's, we automate 99% of orders. There's that 1% that the humans do better at where you, and that's okay. And that's okay. And you know that, okay, UPS ran over the box and it's for a wedding tomorrow morning. So we have to get this tonight down to UPS so they can next day air, like, and that's something that can, like, you're never going to be automate that. Like, oh, it's for a wedding. I didn't understand. Okay. Let's, let's kind of get down to UPS right now, the fulfillment center. Like, yeah. That's but if you've got the 99% of it automated, then, then you the can actually can be on that. Right. Yeah. They get, they can get that yeah. phone call and they're not so bogged down. And I'm just going to, I'm sending spreadsheets around. They're now going, Oh, yeah. they can hear the problem and understand and go, all right, that other 99%, that's just, that's running in the background. The computer's got that. That's what the robots do. This 1% that really requires me and, you know, to make a phone call and to figure out, to really figure out how to, okay, there's a problem. How do we solve this problem? out of the box, that is where the, you know, the people should be spending their time in the business. So I like that. That's definitely how we think about it too. That's exactly right. Um, and then there's another thing that comes to mind here. I pulled it out of my desk when I was looking for products, but this and is, uh, and for those not watching, this is a handwritten thank you note, right? But it's merged out of a system and it's written by a machine that looks handwritten. I've and so that. these kind of things that were, I've seen that now there's a robot and it's a robot that holds a pen. So it's not like a printer that yep. like, uh, the printer's printing. That's it's a robot cool. and the robot can basically have handwriting and they get better and better. And, but they're really using pens. So that like, you yep. know, when you're moving the pen slightly on the edge on at the end of the sentence, you can, it, it, it's not, it doesn't look like it's printed cause it's not, it's literally written with a pen. It's written and you can fill by it. A robot. Yeah, exactly. So it happened to be by a robot but you can, like you said, scale. So you can send out thousands of those. And, and that's right. And you could send it right after they buy something. Yep. And you could include a person, like you could merge the thing that they bought into that message so that you know that, that you know, they feel like it's not just a generic message. Yep. Um, and you can do these personalized things with the data you have, and you can use automation to kick off that process after the purchase happens. It sends out for everybody. That's a great way to do, you know, encourage referrals because people open physical mail still. Yep. Well, especially when it's handwritten. Um, you know, I get those exactly. ones a while. And you and get the, that, even though the handwritten ones, it's, you know, they're selling you something. You like, um, get ones here that they want to yeah. buy a house, you know, Hey Charles, I want to buy it. And you're like, eh, what? like, but you look at his handwritten, like, yeah, well, someone actually write this to me? And like, you really do read it. Yeah. And if it, and especially if you're in e-commerce, right? If you just bought an, a something from someone versus trying to get sold something you're not yep. interested in, you just bought something and you get like a handwritten thank you note. That's where we have this saying, and it's on our website, but it's be human where it counts, otherwise automate, right? Yep. But part of that is 
use automation to be human as well and create a human connection. Because the reality is, you know, they're going out. That's why you put it in place if you did. And it doesn't lessen the impact on the person who receives it. Yep. I like it that. just allows you to do that for everybody. And people can argue, you know, philosophically, however you want. But if you're here and you're trying to generate revenue, that's a great tool. <laughs> yes. And hopefully the people here just want the, want the revenue, right? Because at the end of the day, too, yeah. you get the revenue to help more people. And that's kind of the goal of this whole yeah. thing, right? That, sure, I could handwrite, I could write all these notes by hand and do 100 orders a month. Or we could get the product in, in the hands of a lot more folks, help a lot more folks, but we need to augment some parts of the business with automation, with help in right. different ways. So you, so. so you think about it kind of like a bionic suit, right? How can yeah. I use technology to help me lift more, Yep. you know, move faster with less energy? Love it. All right. I, I could talk about this all day, but I want to watch the time. So if people want to kind of see more of what you're doing, kind of check out the site, where could they do that? Yeah, mobilepocketoffice.com is the best place to go. It's really easy to book a call with us. And if people want to engage with us, the way we work is we we sit, we have an engagement where we actually go through everything that makes up your process. We go through those five pillars. And then from there, we're able to discuss the outcomes of what are you able to and what do you want to automate to augment your business. And then we put the technology in place and the key is then we teach you how to use it and that way you can run with it. Um, so that's awesome. how, how we work. Um, and it's really exciting to see when, when people have that ability, you know, the big thing it does, I mean, you mentioned it when we were discussing before the show, but the big thing it does for people is it, it gives back their time. Not, I mean, number one, it grows, you know, it grows your business. Sure. That's huge. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But it gives you back your time as a human to do whatever the hell you want yep. outside of just being a, a, you know, robot to your business, a slave <laughs> to your job that you created for yourself. Yep. Love it. Okay. I will link to that in the show notes. If people want to reach out, I'll definitely uh, have it all there. So yeah, appreciate you coming on today. Thanks a lot. It was great chatting. Thank you.